right, everybody. I know we're going to start a little unusual because we're hopping right in, but we did say that this episode was going to be a little bit of a special episode. It's kind of our pre-election episode because this, as we record now, you guys will be hearing it Monday, the day before the election. So anybody who hasn't made a decision or hasn't gone out to vote, this is what you'll be listening to, hopefully, while you're standing in those really, really, really long lines. So hopefully we can get you through and just put some food for thought in your head. So ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals podcast, episode 22. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be... Yeah, guys, that's right. Uh, Frank isn't here today. Uh, He's out on assignment. His assignment is being an amazing father and an amazing husband. He really wishes he could be here. Believe me, as we're talking now, he has already texted me like four or five times just to make sure that things are running smoothly. But I'm not solo. We did tap another fellow podcast sister, samurai sister, as we call her. So, ladies and gentlemen, and those in between and outside of those constructs, please welcome... Tell me Chavez. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Hey, hey, we appreciate you being here. Delmi, I have known Delmi probably as long as I've known Frank. Uh, <laughs> a very long time. A very long. We're talking 20 years this year. Oh, yeah. I've known yeah. Delmi and Frank. Uh, we, I actually met the both of them in algebra class algebra <laughs> class taught by my mother yes yeah mother was my math teacher <laughs> that is another story and a whole other complex that my therapist will have to deal with at some point in my life um but i met the both of them literally same day same time in that <laughs> class I'm um, glad you remember because honestly I, I know that your mom was my teacher i remember that for sure because i liked her I don't remember math. I, I hate math, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the chance to hate math. My mother being a math <laughs> teacher and all. Uh, I had nothing but uh, math driven into my head. My mother, here's how much of a math teacher my mother once was. Now she's a, <laughs> now she's a, a regular gifted teacher for all of, like, all of, nice. like, uh, us some elementary school let me not pretend that like i don't know like i know the name because i really don't know off the top of my head right now but my mother once had me figure out how much older than my sister i was like she literally gave me the dates and told me to figure it out i couldn't go outside to ride my bike and play football with my friends until i figured it out like you mean years or days, months, like down to the minute I can tell you how much older I am than my sister. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, that's how much <laughs> that's how much of a nerd my mother was, how much of a nerd she tried to make me. Okay? Yeah. So I am older than my sister by two years, six months, five days, two hours and forty five minutes to the T. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. No, uh, I wouldn't be able to figure that out. I don't know. Yeah. Took me a while. 
couldn't go outside. <laughs> did you ever get to go? Yeah, that's what I was going to I did, get, did to get to go. I did get to go because eventually <laughs> I had already known the two years thing. That was easy right. to figure out. Six yeah, months, yeah, that's, that's easy to figure out as you get to. But then when you have to pinpoint days and, and time and yeah, that's yeah. how much of a nerd my mother was, guys. Uh, welcome <laughs> to my life. Miss Adams. Yes, Miss Adams. <laughs> so I met both Frank and Delmi same time, same day. I also, me and Delmi also had American history together, which yeah. is pretty cool. Cause so inner city kids, um, there's not always <laughs> enough desk for, for a particular <laughs> classroom. So, <laughs> so Delmi, me, our friend Caesar, as well as Eldris all sat a, at a table to the side. Oh, God all sat at a table to the side oh. and that is where it was like a little clump and that was our desk <laughs> the four of us and that is where we did our work amazing things that the low funding that they give to schools and that goes back 20 years so oh my god yeah that was shit that was so long ago um i don't know what happened to caesar but I'll just tell my best friend so <laughs> I some, know things, some things never change so <laughs> all of the boring stuff about how we know each other guys but i find it interesting that me and domi really spent a lot of time a lot of getting to know each other time in american history and that's where we learned a lot about politics and like you get your first like like you know about the branches but like the teacher we had really drove it in for us during those times so yeah. it's really interesting to have her here and domi's like if i don't know something politically <laughs> I usually go to Delmi's Twitter and she probably already has an opinion, two or three articles, and just a whole plethora of background and stuff. So Delmi, as for me as well as Frank, has been our like political guru who we go to. We have questions and we need other, you know, other intellectual thoughts bouncing back and forth. So this is why we wanted her here. This is a day before the election. You may just Ooh. be pressing play. Uh, you may be just be pressing play while you're standing in a very long line because I'm sure the lines will be long. As much as people have early voted, and it's a lot. It's a, oh, lot. a lot. Do you know? Yeah, it's over 80 million so far. Yeah, it's, it's uh, last I checked, it was over 85. Shit. And <laughs> 62% of the people like the, the number 85 million, 85 million people, 62% mm -hmm. of what 2016's elections total, like, <laughs> yeah, more than half the country has already voted mm -hmm. more than half than what voted last year. And mm -hmm. I think we're probably gonna have a lot more this year than we had in 2016, just because of how divisive the country is at the moment. The last four years. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, just just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, um, intensity there. Just a tad bit. Just a yeah. tad bit. So today we're going to jump into our political bag and <laughs> try to give you guys as much information or just so that we can, because certain things we want to talk about and there's certain things that I want to hear from Della. I want to hear her opinions. I've actually tried to avoid her Twitter this week <laughs> because I wanted to ask her certain things and I would just rather her just give it to me straight here than to go read tweets so <laughs> we're gonna jump in our political bag first side note 
bags. <laughs> we have a woman in here. <laughs> I want to take a second. So first, last week, me and Frank did mention Birkin bags a little bit mm-hmm. here on the podcast. And we went back and forth about how women buy those particular things to impress other women. Okay. 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 Oh, so you, you agree? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I also said on this that men don't dress to impress other people. But I was, I, I was sent by a listener. <laughs> he said, just being honest from, from his perspective, that when it comes to like sneakers and stuff, men aren't buying that to impress girls. They're no. buying that to impress like you you actually want to hear your homeboy say hey man hey those those nice hey where you got those, where you get those? and funny thing is i was listening like he told me that and i was like i personally don't buy shoes for other people i literally like to collect the sneak i really like a certain jordan and i collect those but thinking like honestly how many women are like, ooh, those new, like, how many women are like super into Jordans and could name me the, the, the fours I have on or the, the 12s or whatever? Unless they have boyfriends who are sneakerheads or unless they're themselves sneakerheads, they're not, they're not going to know. Like, exactly. But my boyfriend, who unfortunately is a sneakerhead, is very much obsessed. Like <laughs> The reason why I say unfortunately is because I'll get a random text message from the sneakers out so that if there's a drop, hey, you know, can you get in line with me to, to get these shoes? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm driving to work, but I mean, stop it. Let me, let me pull over so that I can try to see if I can buy these shoes at nine o'clock when they drop or whatever it is. First, you are a great girlfriend because that's what you should do. <laughs> You should understand that tomorrow, as we record here on a Friday, mm-hmm. the mochas come out tomorrow, okay? Uh-huh. And it's all hands on deck for the mocha ones, okay? Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. going to be on my iPad, my phone. <laughs> I'm going to call my mom. Have her ready. We are all tight. We're all hitting 170 That When $170 shows up, we're all tapping Tap, it. Real quick. Tap it. Tap it. I need my 11 and a half. Yeah. And yeah. And if I get three pairs, whoo, great for me, because okay. I'm going to sell them and, or um, I'll double up. Right. I, I've learned about StockX also uh, and all that. Yeah. Look at God. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, will? my God. Literally, like, so I, I want to say one of the first times it happened, I'm, I'm waking up and, and normally I'll start reading articles on my phone. I'm, I'm a nerd still even from back in middle school days so like I like to read and (laughs) and that is why I somehow retain all this extra knowledge in my head but anyway so I wake up and I start reading like right away and so he wakes up first let me just say I'm not a morning person like at all but he is sunshines and rainbows and I'm just how do you do that okay quick sidebar before we go back to that how do you do that (laughs) See, as someone who's not a morning person, even in a yeah. relationship, I get up in the morning, you're going to get a good morning kiss, maybe, <laughs> preferably a yeah, good morning kiss. And then uh-huh. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You're going to go to the bathroom. We do our thing. The most we're going to say to each other is logistics. Hey, 
Are you going there after work? You're going here? What time are you going to be home? <laughs> All right, cool. That's it. That's it. You're going you're gonna to hear from me again at 10.30 a.m., maybe 11, when I'm completely right. awake. Right. Even when I go to work, I'm hitting people with a good morning, good morning, and they know AirPods in. <laughs> I don't have any appointments before 11. Don't ask me unless it's important. Mm-hmm. But that's just me, so I relate. So I don't no, know how I- you're doing I definitely am I'm on that same boat, but Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, you know, I, can't, I like to lay in bed and read. That's just my, my morning routine, but I'm, I'm not like fully awake. I'm, I'm not a person yet. So <laughs> he turns around and he's just like, good morning and super happy. And I just, I just turn. <laughs> it's like a slap in the face with all your, with, like where are you getting all these bubbly rainbows uh-huh. and butterflies right now yeah yeah it i i've never never met a person so much that's like a morning person so this has been an interesting an interesting adventure so far uh but one morning real quick i'm reading he's like hey these shoes are about to drop like get on the app and i'm just like i'm i'm not awake yet i mean i am but i'm not you know so anyway, I just live on my phone here, he just do. And then from that moment on afterwards, like he would just start sending me the, the sneakers app thing and like, hey, you know, I would just know, oh, it's time. And then I would send him a thing that says, sold out, oops, and get him. Or the infamous got him. Those are the best. <laughs> Those well, are the he, best. He's, I think, had success. I, every time I've done it, no success for me, so. Um, I've yet to know what that's like. Mm, experience learning about this, but going back to what you're saying, I do think men, you know, get their shoes to kind of impress other men because he will tell me every time somebody's like, oh, you know, this person was checking out my shoes and they said my shoes are good or, or that I have, like he says the whole name or whatever. And I'm just like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> but it reminds me of I- the back thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until it was said to me. And even in the moment where I'm like, I know for me, I don't buy them to get the, the attaboy from, from, from my homeboy. I've actually been out and I have dated women who do know shoes. And that's probably either because she was a sneakerhead before, or she yeah. used to date a sneakerhead or, you know, whatever, but at least she would know what's nice and what's not. And I, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I would wear them. Cause I, I always feel that women, when they are sizing up a guy, a potential mate, shoes mm-hmm. are very important. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's my Jordan ones or my work boot or my Chelsea boots or however it is, how you keep and maintain your feet, like your, your foundation <laughs> yeah. is really important to women. Yeah. Now there's all the other things, you know, he has to be like over six feet and all the other things that you guys throw in there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Did you, you, guys, you guys didn't physically see her, but she was like, yeah, of course he has to be over six feet. And that's fine. I don't take offense. I'm 5'8". It's cool. I don't care. As long as I date a woman who is shorter than me, I'm always good. As long as yeah. when she wears heels, she's not taller than me. And if yeah. she is an inch, I can deal with it. That's it. That's my, that's my limit. That's how I live. <laughs> uh, Gotta have confidence. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it wasn't until it was said to me, I was like, okay, maybe there is something that meant. Because honestly, other than that, I can't really think of anything else that men wear that mm-hmm. would spark like oh i want to hear like my 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 homeboy say something to me yeah. about it other than that that's about it so 
guys, your Jordans is the equivalent of the <laughs> bag and all that. Now, when I say equivalent, let me be clear. The most expensive pair of Jordans I have in my collection right now, I bought at retail for 250 bucks. Oh, Louis Vuitton alone. <laughs> Louis Vuitton alone. And we're not, I didn't hit you with Chanel yet. I didn't hit you with like, like Gucci, like. Or mess. Or, huh, huh. <laughs> Back on Birkins. <laughs> Believe me, our our thing that we show off is nothing compared to what they show off because they're, they're going to match it with the belt and the shoes and all that. Anyway, as okay. I'm saying, our show off isn't their show off. It may be equivalent no. if you do it, but it's not <laughs> equivalent. Um, not price-wise, no. So earlier this week, uh, Saweetie got on online and was like, you know, if that man isn't buying your Birkin or paying your bills, send his ass back to the streets. <laughs> and it's a good line. Clearly, hey. I'm watching. She's she's clearly like, I think Back to the Streets is like one of her songs that she just recently oh, put out. Okay. It was a good little punchline. Yeah. She's clearly, you can tell she's been sipping on something. Hmm. Quavo's there. He's been sipping on something. She <laughs> says it, tosses her hair, walks off. Quavo just nods his head because he's 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 the dude buying her the Birkins. Right. And, you know, he cuts it off. That's how the clip ends. So <laughs> it started this, like, firestorm on Twitter and Instagram and all the socials where everybody's like, man, you know, either either you are on two sides. You're either three sides because I'm <laughs> on the third side. You're either, damn, she's a... She's a gold digger. She out here train like teaching people to be gold diggers, and and mm-hmm. I can see how one could perceive it that way. Right. Women could see it as, or not women, but anyone else could see it as, oh, she's just telling everybody her standards, and that just is what it is. And yeah. cool. Third is, um, the way I see it, you know, it, it's a fucking pandemic, and there's like a hundred other things. That people- <laughs> about um there's an election in four days as we record this uh you i saw a tweet the other day said you may have birkin standards but you got like coach realities so (laughs) oh Oh, damn okay yeah so i mean you might want to get this tory birch Mm -hmm. (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with a little tory you get your matches slide coach is trying to come back with new celebrities I don't know. I'm just saying, like they're trying to make it come back. So. I, I see them doing something with the. Uh, I think Michael B. Jordan is is over yeah. there with Coach. Meg. Meg. Uh, okay, Meg. Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is, and because I, as much as I want to hear, I want to go back and forth with you about it. It's just I, I just thought it was crazy. Like mm-hmm. this, you understand? Sweetie is dating. She's a she's a rapper celebrity dating oh, another. I'm sorry. I, I don't follow no, you don't people like bad. that, but <laughs> I see, I've bad. seen her. She's pretty. That very that pretty, gorgeous I, woman. Yeah. Dating, dating Quavo, one of the Migos, right? Another celebrity. Right. The, the things that the levels that she is on when it comes to money, mm-hmm. Birkin bags are fifteen, twenty five hundred something thousand dollars to mm-hmm. even purchase. Mm-hmm. The girls who may be following behind Sweetie saying <laughs> all this stuff. 
Uh-huh. I guarantee you, Craig is not making fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars to just throw to you. Yeah. And if he is, and if he is, he's either a not a celebrity, a very wealthy businessman, mm-hmm. or he's sling dope too, or that's a business. That I mean, it's a business. Business is a business. Yeah. Or you know he's like under, you understand there's there's levels and I'm yeah. not saying you need to not have standards we mm-hmm. all should have standards yeah of course but don't price yourself out all right <laughs> I think I'm on the the third side your side uh, you know there's definitely a lot of things going on in the world that if I don't pay too much attention to that especially because it's you know uh, a different tax bracket problem I don't know I, I don't deal with different tax bracket problems. I, that is, I'm going to start using that. That's a different <laughs> tax bracket problem. You know, like, because, you know, like, when you hear people complain about, like, oh, I couldn't take this bag on the plane and all that. Like, you understand how first world problems that is? Mm-hmm. But now okay. there's something, I'm going to, we got something higher than first world problems. Now it's a different tax bracket <laughs> problem. I'm using that. I'm using that. It's the it's it's reality. I mean, you know, like, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to, to those sort of issues because, yeah, no, no, that's not my tax budget, so I'm good. I, I'm with you, I'm with you. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I don't care what people think people are out here making. I ain't got it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can get you a Louis. <laughs> like, honestly. Oh, you love know give... Really quickly, though, the other part of what she said besides the Birkin thing because I didn't know she had said about the bills thing um, about the man paying the bills and all that yeah that's another thing I don't really care for but that's just you know part of my my feminine side my feminist side Uh, you know I pay for my own shit so I'm good I'm with you on I don't my thing is and here's where I feel when it comes to like men paying bills for women and all of that when she's not your wife I just want right. that to be clear. Because yeah. once, you're, once you're married, everything goes in a bucket. I get that. Mm-hmm. Whether you guys have separate accounts and you put everything into a house bucket or however you decide to do it, you're working together your unit. Um, so when it comes to men paying bills, I'm not super against that. Right. Here's why. You shouldn't date someone and, and want to watch them struggle. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not saying, and this, this is to be clear, I'm not saying you need to just be being a paymaster, but I shouldn't be laying in my bed and, or laying in her bed and she's struggling to pay the lights and stuff like that. Now, here's also a thing. All right. (laughs) Now, if she's frivolous with her money and like you were just, you were just at Tootsie's or whatever, or out at this club or that club, or you were out at brunch all day Sunday on the 15th, but now on the 16th <laughs> when FPNL wants their money, mm-hmm. so did you keep these lights on, you don't have it. Oh, but you had you had bottomless mimosas the other day. So yeah, of course. that's where I would have an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like I said, I just don't think if I if you have it to help. I think, I mean, we're, if you're dating, you guys are serious, then you're a unit. You shouldn't, she shouldn't be out there struggling and you out here 
living the lights of luxury or whatever, whatever. Yeah. That's my stance. Um, but I also am not against a woman wanting to, you know, take care of meal every now and then. <laughs> yeah. My mother didn't raise me to like, honestly, sometimes even offend it when you go to pull out your car. Here's my thing. And here's why I get offended. <laughs> I don't mind a girl pain, but let's have that conversation before we get to the table. Right. Uh-huh. Or, or before the waitress comes with the bill. And now we're doing this whole thing where the, because card I don't, I, the card dance, where you're trying to like take the card and you're trying to sneak yeah. the card to the waitress. That <laughs> shit looks so annoying to me. Like, I, Cause it's just like, what are we arguing? Like, and it's not taking away. You're not like emasculating. Emasculating. Emasculating, right? Yeah, you're not emasculating me. Like I don't feel like that's the thing. Right. I just, let's not do this whole dance all in front of people. Let's right. have this conversation. If you want to do it, every once in a while you want to you want to pay for lunch. Cool. A majority of the time, like ninety eight percent of the time, I'm probably gonna pay. That's just the way I was raised. That's <laughs> right. But if you want to like grab me something on the way home, um you know oh i saw this while i was out and brought like that's how i feel like girls can put in in their way without being the oh i pay for every date you know what i mean yeah yeah that's i get I that and i mean i think for me i just i was single for a very long time so i have just always done stuff for myself by myself and i have had no issue with that that's what i was used to that's what i've been cool with so in in my current relationship with him sometimes you know trying to take care of stuff at first i i didn't want him to because i didn't i just kind of felt like well i don't want to owe anybody you know like that was kind of what i was thinking instead of like this is somebody who's just trying to be something nice for me and so i had to like kind of shift my mentality to understand you know this is okay and you know also i have that conversation privately of like listen i want to take care of stuff sometimes i want to be able to do you know the the same thing and so we've had we have had conversations and they've been before we get to the check or anything like that i'm like i've got it you know or or he'll just tell me like you know don't worry i'll take care of it whatever and that's fine but yeah i agree you have to have these conversations and you have to have them privately like not nobody else needs to be around um but that's just how, I guess, like, for me, it's just always been. And, and I've had to retrain my own brain to be like, okay, this is fine. It's not it's not um, doing anything to, to me or, or who I am just because somebody's helping me in any kind of way. Um, and I'm definitely not emasculating him because I'm doing something, you know, for him or taking care of something or whatever. So I think it's just like, we've always just kind of discussed it as this is a partnership because we're in a serious relationship it's a partnership so there's no reason to kind of look at it as like i'm doing the most or you're doing the most or anything like that so earlier this week i saw twitter in uproar again regarding <laughs> regarding sasha obama's recent tiktok videos that got released mm-hmm. into the wild i guess all of a sudden somebody she's on a friend's tiktok because i mean first of all sasha obama the youngest of the Obama girls is in college. Yeah. She's 19. Which I was shocked about. I, yeah. I don't know. That's, that lets you know how well <laughs> Barack puts those kids away. Go, they live their lives. Yeah. I was like, she's 19? When did she get yeah. 19? Sophomore I'm college. Chubby girl. What? How did we get here? Yeah, exactly. 
anyway, so, and I think that's probably kind of the thing that kind of threw everyone off. So, yeah. So, Sasha Obama is dancing with a friend, lip syncing to some city girls, <laughs> as young 19 year old women do. And, of course. And older women do. Like, I, no knock, let, you know, yeah. live your life. JT. Could be a city girl. Yeah. Exactly. So, Sasha's, you know, living her best life out here, you know, rapping lyrics about <laughs> how the niggas want to fuck JT and all this other stuff. Um, so she uses, she uses the N-word. So I saw, so Daily Mail puts out Sasha Obama, 19, raps the N-word as she <laughs> lip syncs profane language on a viral TikTok. And my first reaction was, first of all, She's black. Uh-huh. She has every right to go ahead and use the N-word. It's her culture. Second of all, she's 19. <laughs> she has every right to use the N-word. <laughs> it's, her, it's, her, it's her choice. Mm-hmm. She's no longer the daughter of the president of the United States. She's yeah. the daughter of a former president of the United States. Yeah. But she's done her part. And I'm watching people say how disappointed they are that Obama let this happen because it's Obama's fault, by the of way. Of course, it's always Obama let this happen, uh, and it's it, it. They're just so sick of of this being put on. They they even tried to make it a black woman's issue. Oh my god! And, and <laughs> Wendy Williams is and of all people, like oh I god, ever to. I give her none of my viewership, right. but I, there's a clip of her like, oh, couldn't she have done a different song? Couldn't she have found an Adele song? Could, couldn't she have waited okay. like, couldn't she have waited like seven days, you know, sometime after the election <laughs> before she drops this out into the world? And I'm, I'm like, you know, those kids did everything they were supposed to do when they were doing it. Like, like I remember earlier this year when they found out that when there's video of Malia, who was smoking, she, they said she was oh, smoking yeah. weed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was earlier this year or, or maybe the year before. Yeah, it might have been um, the year before. Even then, I was like, well, first, she was 18. She was at Harvard, by the way. So mm-hmm. she, she she's not a dummy. <laughs> right. She's she's grown. We're selling it for, we're selling it duty free like like nobody's <laughs> like i don't even understand what the issue is so right. i was just trying to understand how do we get how do we get to a point where yes you were once part of the first family mm-hmm. you may be some of people's favorite first family <laughs> but they're no longer little girls and they did their part when they were when they were in in the white house just imagine being the first black guy, first black family to be in the White House, mm-hmm. where everybody wants there to be some sort of scandal, some sort of, some sort of uh, big issue can, or any yeah any kind of big scandal. Anything you had to find, you know, perfect of this young Negro he had to be <laughs> and his children, like he had to be perfect. They couldn't get into like major craziness in school. Nope. His his wife had to go be the uh, we're going to make fitness the best like that was her her platform and for four years the most they could find was when he wore a tan suit for eight years 
rephrase, for eight years, <laughs> the most that he, they could find was he wore a tan suit. He looked too skinny on a bike with a helmet. Um, what were what, what were some other Obama scandals? Um, he supposedly wasn't born in America. They're, the whole birther scandal, which was straight started, bullshit. Straight bullshit started by the person who followed him in there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That guy. Anyway, before we get to that guy, <laughs> can you imagine, I just imagine the amount of pressure that that family had to be under yeah. to be perfect as they could be during it. Mm-hmm. And guess what, guys? How much pressure do you want to continue to put on them? Like Even after they're run. already four years <laughs> removed from the White House. Four years removed. They haven't been the first children in four years. Yeah. I get it. It's a very pressure situation right now for the world. Well, yeah. it's not late. She's 19. Mm-hmm. If she's not listening to City Girls, I'm trying to understand, hey, Sasha, what's going on with you? Like, what's going <laughs> on with you? Like, yeah. she's grown. Like, she's, yeah. she's grown. She's growing. Let, let that girl figure it out. When I saw her, I was like, she looks fit. When they showed the video, I was like, are they sure this is her? Because, you know, <laughs> Sasha's a baby. Yeah, exactly. When, when did she grow up? I was I was very shocked by that. But, you know, people like to uh, always throw stones um, at anybody that they can, but fail to, to remember how, I think it was Jenna Bush, who would uh, get drunk everywhere all the time, partying hard in college. Um, or the fact that, you know, currently... Donald Trump's daughter is uh, violating the Hatch Act all over the place. I'm not going to get too much into that, but yeah, you know, all those children, <laughs> all those first children doing first reckless children. things. Uh, but but let's go ahead and talk about Sasha and how dare she live her life because, you know, it's a terrible thing. She's enjoying her own damn culture. And going to school and not yeah, out yeah. here doing anything ridiculous or crazy or yeah. I just, at some point we, we got to stop putting pressure on and especially as children they didn't choose to be yeah, the exactly. first at all. that was a decision <laughs> by their parents yeah and I'm sure they talked to them and hey are you sure you want to do I'm sure that you the know conversation yeah conversation was had Barry and Michelle, I call them Barry. Barry, Barry and Michelle <laughs> sat down with the girls and were like, hey, we're going to do this. But honestly, if we're talking 12 years ago, Sasha was seven. Like, well, it baby. sounds cool. It sounds cool to go live in the White House. Yeah. People visit there. And then you're like, what the fuck is this? At mm-hmm. seven, could you imagine living that your whole God. adolescence in that place, in mm-hmm. that under that type of pressure yeah that i i can't like that's just insane so and then also again she hasn't been the first daughter in four years and what else has happened i mean you know just because she was on a tiktok video there's nothing else that has come out about the girl in these last four years that's why i was like when did she start college how is she a grown-up nothing has come out because even exactly. though they haven't been in the White House for four years, they're still low key. But you know, pops up somewhere really briefly, and it's like a whole big issue. 
Exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we look back and we're like, wow, look at all the pressure we were putting on those little girls who didn't ask for this. Yeah. They were a part of it. They did, they did what they had to do. And it's now their time to go live their lives. Let's not, you know, hold them to this, to this super perfection standard yeah, that we exactly. already had to hold their dad to because we knew what he was in for. <laughs> and he could not have survived eight years being anything less than perfect at that Ooh, time. No, not at all. Not at all. There's no way. Especially compared to everything going on in the last four years, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way Barack Obama would remain president for, he wouldn't have become president with <laughs> the same resume. Not even oh, like, like all the allegations. The voice, the, all the allegations, divorce, the three, three baby mamas, all these different baby. Imagine Barack with three baby mamas. <laughs> imagine how they would like. Oh, oh no, my <laughs> not my president. No, of course they not. Can't vote for him. Ain't no mm -hmm. way. Not at all. Give me back George Bush. <laughs> looking oh, back, looking back, it's like. You know, was it really that bad? I mean, he was only a war criminal, but you know, yeah, maybe he wasn't all that bad. Like, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. yeah, just things to look back on. We can deal with that compared to whatever the hell this has been the last four years. Yeah, and you live in Dallas, so I'm sure you've been oh. to all the. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Bush is very deep in the roots down there. Oh man, like I mean the the expressway no the tollway is president george bush tollway something like that um so i don't know if it's the father or or this last one whichever it's president bush tollway so taking a quick turn from texas uh just just a little bit just a little bit i want to say east there's this little state called louisiana <laughs> um yeah a little state called Louisiana. There's a little city in Louisiana known as New Orleans. Um, yeah. New Orleans. Well, I heard has, about that place. <laughs> yeah, for a time or two. Um, also known as, you know, the Noya and whatnot. Um, has given us many, many great things. Uh, yeah. Beignets. Uh, Love beignets. Amazing artists. Uh, some of the great jazz is played there. Um, they have given us a few hip hop artists. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Master P, you got all the cash money, but most particularly, the most <laughs> famous of all cash money uh, artists, Lil Wayne. Yeah. Lil Wayne Carter. Lil Wayne. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> Right as me and Frank and you were talking about, we're doing our little pre-production meeting, talking about what we're going to talk about <laughs> on the podcast. We, we, we normally, just behind the scenes, guys, we normally, me, Frank, we would normally talk about, hey, I want to bring up this. Hey, I want to bring up that. And we still may bring in like some new stuff that we didn't discuss. But, you know, for the most part, we at least talk about the major things we want to talk about. So with... Delmi going to be our guest. We just wanted to know, give her, hey, this is kind of the things we're going to bring up. Give her a little heads up. Literally, as we're having this conversation, <laughs> the Samurai Pros Twitter gets tagged 
and says, literally, I'll be tuned in next week. It's definitely going to be a jam-packed episode of the Samurai <laughs> Professionals podcast. And I'm like, wow, that's strange. Let me see what they're talking about. <laughs> and it's above a retweet of Lil Wayne with a picture of him giving the thumbs up with Donald J. Trump. That guy. That guy. Yeah. In the tweet, Lil Wayne says, just had a great meeting with at the real Donald Trump at POTUS, because, you know, got to get your tags in. <sighs> Besides what he's done so far with criminal reform, the platinum plan is going to give the community real ownership. He listened to what we had to say and assured he will and can get it done. Yeah, for sure. And much like everything else, the internet's, you know, went wild. Went wild. As we did on, we lit. <laughs> so as I sent it to the group chat of us with our pre production meeting, I was like, go ahead and add this. I said nothing <laughs> else toward it. I said, go ahead. This. All, all I got from the other, from, from Delmi and Frager, wow. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead and add it, because that's what we, we definitely need to address it. So, at the same time you sent it, probably maybe like two seconds later, or after, I'm not 100% sure if it was before or after, but a different um, group chat that I have with uh, some former and current coworkers, they sent me the same thing. And I'm just like very confused, because I was driving, I was about to get home, and so I'm driving into the thing, and I'm just like, I don't, what am I seeing? And then I park and I read, I read the thing and I'm just like, oh, of course. Yeah, this is great. This is wonderful. Yeah. Here we are. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? How do I feel? Yeah. Um, here's my thing. I know, I feel like all of New Orleans is disappointed. <laughs> I feel like he let down New Orleans. I feel like he let down Big Frida. I feel like he let down, uh, I'm not gonna say Wayne. I mean, I'm not gonna say Baby because I mean, Baby's been taxing him forever. So I don't even know why he's going against uh, Biden because yeah. Baby's been taxed to Wayne for years. <laughs> yeah. um, here's what I can say. Here's why I consider this different from what Ice Cube did. Mm -hmm. Now, Ice Cube did go and sit down with Trump or Trump's yeah. team, however it played out, like Lil Wayne. Ice Cube did it. He tried to get whatever, however I view what Ice Cube tried to do. I, I feel like he did it with good intentions. Right. He just made, like I said on the podcast, I don't mind him stepping into the game. Mm -hmm. I just think, I just think, I just don't like the players he sat down with. Right. Right. Okay. Ice Cube, honestly, I feel like Ice Cube would have never told us that he was involved in the Platinum Plan if it hadn't got out. Right. He clearly still, as he keeps adamantly saying, he doesn't fuck with Trump. Right. And I never thought he did. Even with that, I, I, I still don't think that was. But he got used. Right. He got used as 
here, here, here's one of your black, here's one of your black voices that, you mm -hmm. know, black people hate me so much, but here's some of your leaders sitting down with me. Mm -hmm. Lil Wayne getting used days before the election, sitting yeah. down with Trump, but he took a picture. He wrote the words. Yeah. And that's an endorsement. It is. That's different. That's mm -hmm. different from what I think Ice Cube did. Now, right. is it like gravely different? No, but there is a difference. It's for some reason, we've stopped looking toward the scholars and the <laughs> political geniuses to be the actual experts. The experts and the leaders of the people. I think we've talked about this probably a few episodes ago that yeah. there's, there's still like a power vacuum. Like, like there's this vacuum of, we don't have a true leader to, mm -hmm. to lead the way. Or if we do, their voices aren't amplified enough. Mm -hmm. But the people who have these platforms, the actors, the rappers, the, 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 the music artists, they have the platform and they're, I, I'm sure Luane, I could probably go on Instagram or Twitter right now. He has at least 10, 15 million followers. Right. At least. We can't be looking to them to be our voices. Mm -hmm. as, as, and I don't think Lil Wayne's an idiot, but <laughs> I'm not saying he's an expert in how to get, whether it's black people, Hispanic, he's not an expert on how to close the wage gap, close the financial gap. Or criminal reform. Or criminal reform. He's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. Yeah. He may be the guy who brings people to the table. And that's fine. Right. Even Diddy starting a party and or, or he's standing behind some people who want to start a party. Right. I'm okay with, because I'm never going to tell you, just shut up and dribble, just shut up and rap, just do all right. No, your voice should be heard. But an let's amplify the voices who are the experts in the things that we need them to be experts in. We have to stop letting the celebrity stop letting the celebrity's word be higher than the scholar's word yeah. we already have a celebrity who's a president whose word is higher than the scholar's word when he's telling everybody wear a goddamn mask mm -hmm. and try not to be in the big crowds if you have to wear a mask mm -hmm. like and that's kind of been his stance for a long time guess at the beginning he may have said oh mask may not be that helpful but at the beginning, none of us understood what was going on. It was brand we, new to everybody. And he has been on this stance for months. Yeah. Yet, we're going to listen to the celebrity, <laughs> the celebrity in chief, mm -hmm. instead of the scholar who went and has dealt with countless outbreaks, countless things. Four years has been at the forefront of many of these diseases, fighting and combating. We're not listening to that guy. We want right. to listen to the celebrity in chief. We have to get to a point where America shifts and we're not looking to Kim Kardashian and I'm not bashing her, but we're not looking to Kim Kardashian to be the leader in, in prison reform. Right. In the past, for, 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 for any minority, it, we had minority leaders who were political and economic geniuses. Like we don't give the Martin Luther Kings the 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 Malcolm X is like we don't give them enough credit because right. Malcolm X 
and Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, after the I Had a Dream speech and after all of the getting Black people for he was about to shift his focus into aiming to help poor people, period. Mm -hmm. And before they did that, before that happened, they killed him. Mm -hmm. Because helping the poor understand that, yeah, you may be poor white and you may think that you're better than us because they give you the thing that, hey, you're white. At least you're white. You're, yeah. you're at least better than the black people. Yet mm -hmm. we're, all, we're all right here making the same money. All the things that they enact, <laughs> all, the, all the laws hit yeah. us all the same. And it blows my mind that it's not seen that way. But we need to get back to a place where we're more focused on that. That's really how yeah. I feel about it. I agree completely. Um, I think obviously race is at the forefront and it should be at the forefront because it is still a major issue, institutionalized racism. I mean, at the inception and core of this country is racism. But the other thing is um, class warfare. Uh, the fact that we, as you mentioned, <laughs> no matter your color, when you're poor, you're poor. Um, and the laws, you know, all these different things, they affect you if you're poor, no matter which, you know, color you may be, um, it may affect, you know, black and brown people a little bit more, but still when you're poor, you're poor. So um, I think that's something that people tend to not really pay too much attention to. It's not like a, a you know, like a sexy topic to bring up because of course, you know, all these other things like this, 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 this or that, but the whole celebrity aspect of things just amplifies the wealth gap, there's a large wealth gap in America, aside from there being um, issues with the, the sexes, the genders and stuff like that, there's a, a wealth gap just between like how we have the super rich and then the poor people. We have added millions to the poverty level throughout this pandemic. The middle class doesn't seem to exist all that much anymore. You're just no, the working poor. <laughs> You're the the working poor is what they call it. The working poor. <laughs> nice, nicely so, said. It's the truth. It, it is, and it's not really talked about all that much. But going back to the celebrity aspect of things, is I do believe that because they have a platform, because they have the the sort of I guess reach that they have, they should be amplifying the voices on the ground, the organizers, the activists, the NGOs, nonprofit organizations, and all that stuff that are trying to do all these things. Like, I appreciate what Kim Kardashian's trying to do with criminal reform, but Kim Kardashian, while she may be studying to be a lawyer, she's not a lawyer yet. Um, and even when she becomes one, is she going to try cases? There, there are different, you know, levels to all that stuff, right? So right. she should be amplifying the people that are actually on the ground, at the forefront, trying to make things happen instead of like, oh, Kim Kardashian got this person released from jail. That's not the truth. And that just warps the mind of people. That is why you continue to have generations of people that believe celebrity is all there is and their word is gone instead of the fact that we have people who study the actual subjects that we're trying to, you know, get around, like Dr. Fauci, who's a doctor, or the, the activists that are trying to <laughs> reform so many, you know, issues. Um, and even going back to the whole thing with Wayne and him, him mentioning, that was the sticking point for me. I, I didn't care about the photo. I didn't care about the, the Trump endorsement. It was him mentioning criminal reform because it is you basically 
showing your self-interest because this is about your taxes. It's just the celebrity aspect of it. You want to go with the guy that's not going to charge you more taxes. So this is all about self-interest. Then on top of that, you're wrapping it all, disguising it in this whole I'm trying to help my people topic with criminal reform, with this platinum uh, thing that they've got going on. It's, it's all a guise. It's all just basically pretending like I'm helping my people instead of really my self-interest, my taxes. And, and that's what stuck out to me. When I processed, <laughs> when I processed that picture, when I processed that tweet, that's what stuck in my mind. It's him mentioning criminal reform because him bringing up the fact that Trump supposedly has done a lot for criminal reform, it's counterintuitive. It is counterproductive. Whatever the fuck you want to call it, it is so inaccurate because yes, he may have released some people from prison, but he's also nominating conservative judges like by the hundreds and they're being confirmed. These are the same judges who are putting black and brown people into the judicial system that is not built to actually bring any justice to black and brown people. So you're basically telling me that this guy is somehow reforming the justice system that he's putting the people, these are lifetime appointments, federal judges, mm -hmm. appellate judges, all that stuff, they're lifetime appointments. So he's putting these judges in there that are going to continue the same high school to prison pipeline. So you cannot tell me that he's somehow gonna benefit the black and brown community when he's doing this on the side. But people aren't paying attention to that. That's not the subject that people wanna talk about. People wanna talk about the sexy topic of criminal justice and criminal reform. Oh, he's letting all these people go. But with the First Step Act, I think it's what it's called that he did. Yes, there have been hundreds of people that have been released, hundreds of, uh, hundreds of inmates. But out of those hundreds of inmates, only like two dozen have been black. So you're helping two dozen black mm -hmm. people. Okay, thank you. That, that's, that's great. I mean, it's good for the people that are getting released, but it's not good for the overall black community. So that's what stuck out to me when I saw that that tweet the picture and all that is he's pretending to care mm. yeah and, and black people and like you said 12 12 <laughs> out of 100 yeah literally when black people black men make up what 60 60 percent 75 percent of the of the the Prison population yeah so you you I, I don't see the reform you're saying, especially people who are sitting in jail over selling weed or whatever. And now weed is a million billion dollar industry for that is now people. legal for white people in the Denver's and all the other places that they <laughs> want them to be yeah. for white people to now make all this money. They waited until they could get themselves completely in charge of it. And now, It'll be legal soon. It'll be legal worldwide. It'll be legal oh, yeah. real soon. Yeah, like they, sure. you'll have your few conservatives play fight it until the money <laughs> gets into their pockets. Right. And now it's it's something for them. I was watching a clip of Channing Crowder from mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about people asking him, why is he a Democrat? You're a millionaire. You're mm -hmm. a millionaire. You're being you're going to vote for someone who's going to tax you heavier. Why would you do that? Like, you're supposed to be voting in your own self-interest. Right. Why would you do that? And I tell people that vote for yourself, vote for how you feel when you walk in that booth or fake table that's really very <laughs> stir not sturdy at all. And you're like, I barely want to lean on it because I might uh -huh. break it. Um, 
and he his his answer was was so well said and i think it I, I want a lot of people to go and watch that clip where he's like yes i'm a millionaire but in my family and in the people i truly care about my loved ones i'm the only millionaire i know <laughs> yeah so yes i understand that i'll be tax heavier but i'm a millionaire i can afford to be taxed heavier right but if these if me being taxed heavier heavier helps the the other people who i love in my family my friends other people i grew up with people i truly care about then i'll make the sacrifice to be taxed a little heavier because guess what i'm still a millionaire <laughs> And I'll be able <laughs> to deal with it. Yeah. And and I'm hearing and I'm hearing like people in our in our tax bracket, right? <laughs> Talking about this. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, dude, the, the taxes that he's talking about is upwards of the four hundred thousands a year. Mm -hmm. I know you. I know you make like, hey, you may make a little bit of change. Mm -hmm. but you ain't making 400,000 a year change. No. So why do you even like, why is that even a, like in your life? Cause you're voting your own self-interest. Why is that even a factor for you? Yeah. So you have to understand what's the motives behind some of the people who are helping push these things. Yeah. Wayne got used. Oh, do I think sure. Lil Wayne went up there and might've wanted to make some change? Sure. But this is the same man who, was like he doesn't really like Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a few years ago. It's not connected to him. It's not connected to him because when he was a child, as he re re recounts the story, he was a child. He accidentally shot himself in a house. Oh, wow. The people call the police. They hear a gunshot. The police storm in looking for all sorts of drugs or whatever. And he's sitting there with a hole in his, in his stomach. And, the, and the, he says all the black police walked over him. They called the ambulance on the radio, but they walked over him and whatever, whatever. And the one white police officer that came in there, now mind you, he was six or seven retelling re the story. One white police officer yelled at all the other police officers and said, what are you doing? You see, there's a kid on the floor bleeding. What the hell is going on? And he says that that guy, a white man stopped all those people, called them idiots told one of the black men get in the car we're going to drive him to the to the to the hospital and take him in to 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 you know to to help him and i get that that in his mind was that all white men were good and he's never <laughs> yeah. he doesn't believe racism still exists because that's not a thing that's happened to him mm -hmm. but i want to remind people this would have happened in Lil Wayne when he was like seven, six, seven, eight years old. He was a hot boy since he was like 14, 15. <laughs> Lil Wayne's been super rich a majority of his life. His perception of what the average man is, he's never even lived. Yeah. He's been filthy rich since he was a teenager. He's actually like, well, people tend to forget just because he was running with the other guys, he was a child star. He just, appeared older because they were older. He was 14, 15 years old, singing yeah. I'm a hot boy, bling, bling, all that other shit. <laughs> so yeah. He's never even lived a, 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 a normal life where maybe racism 
would really affect him. And I'm sure mm -hmm. he doesn't realize how much racism has affected him his whole life. Right. But you gotta understand the, the mindset behind certain people. But what he does know is being super rich. Yeah. And that's what he wants to stay. <laughs> yeah. And so, honestly, like, I can't, I, I feel like at the end of the day, I can't be mad at that. Like that's at least it, in, in a way, uh, as much as he may have been pretending with the whole criminal justice thing, because he's still showing that self-interest, it's honest. I mean, that 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 is what, you know, matters him. Even when 50 said it, but even if he's trying to walk it back now, but he was honest, that, that's what, you know, interests him. A, that's a different tax bracket problem, like I was mentioning earlier. So I, different you know, tax bracket I can't, <laughs> I can't say, you know, one way or another, like, oh, you're wrong for that opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you know, my when it becomes like an issue to me is when you utilize that opinion to claim as though you're trying to help a group of people and then you're really not, because that's just that's just horrible to do to people. They like, you have people that idolize these people still that see them as like these role models. So yeah, that that's a disappointing I think aspect of it more so than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that, to me, that was the most disappointing thing. Yeah. But, it was um, crazy. It definitely was crazy. I was like, what the fuck am I saying? Yeah. Anyway. Like, at first, it's one of those things where you got like, you know, when you normally see the picture on Twitter on your phone, you got like, <laughs> so I had to tap it because I needed to, I needed to, to zoom it because I'm like, is this real? Yeah. It's just not what I was expecting <laughs> to see on a no. Wednesday. Like, I mean, a Thursday Random. night. I'm just like, wait. <laughs> what? When the fuck did this Oh man. Yep. Speaking of Thursday, Thursday, as people continue to tell us that we're on the, I, I've been adamant at saying we haven't hit a second wave because we never got off the first one. Yeah. Compared to the rest of the world where they're getting second waves, where mm -hmm. like it actually went up and went down, we actually just went up and stayed very steady <laughs> up. Uh-huh. Now, at the height of when we were super scared in March, mm -hmm. it was like, hey, we gotta shut down. There may have been, what, three or 4,000 new, it was like maybe a yeah, couple thousand new cases a day. Yeah, it wasn't that much, yeah. And we shut down the whole country, right? Yes. Yesterday, Thursday, <laughs> as we record, yesterday, Thursday, <laughs> October 29th, <laughs> We hit the daily record for new COVID cases. Like for the country, the, the new daily record? Country. Oh, okay. for the country. Yeah, for the country. Not just not just one little part. And you're I'm watching the map and they're like, oh, all of these are high COVID cases in the map. And I'm like, well, the whole map is red. <laughs> it's oh, like light. Damn. It's like light and like maybe kansas oklahoma but i'm like but the rest of the country is red. bloody red what's <laughs> what's going on and it was just it's mind-blowing to me that we have our the guy who leads the country mm -hmm. still having very open rallies like yeah you should still campaign you're right. running for president i'd be stupid not to say something yeah but what is going on with the world where you're still having close, close rallies? Because I watched a, a small 
as much as I could watch. I, I, I was watching Fox <laughs> and I was watching one of his rallies and I'm like, yo, these people are mad close. Mm-hmm. And I could almost count when they turned the camera to the audience, I could almost count the amount of masks that are in the audience. And I'm like, wow, look at another super spreader event. Like mm-hmm. we're literally sitting in a place where the, the, the president of the United States is downplaying how much of an issue this has become. Yeah. Coronavirus, if, if anything has toppled the race portion of the story of, of this election, <laughs> yeah. it's the coronavirus. It's the mishandling right. of the coronavirus. And we're still downplaying the coronavirus when, mm-hmm. when it's spiking up. They're having full-on, I'm not going to call them orgy parties, but they're like, <laughs> Like the coronavirus is having a full-on orgy all over Atlanta because they're they're open and I've seen people go to Atlanta and I'm like, yo, I don't even see a I don't see a mask. Like there's oh. 500 people in this in this club. Okay. How the hell are you in a what is going on? So I it's just the fact that it's spiking now mm-hmm. right as we're preparing to vote. Yeah. It's it's a, I, I don't know how, how good of a sign that is either way. Like, I don't even know how to gauge that because of 2016. <laughs> so so uh, I think I read maybe earlier today that he's actually planning to have 17 more rallies between, I think, either today and Monday or tomorrow and Monday. 17 wow. more. Um, so he just had the damn thing, what, earlier this month, I think? Um, he he was infected, and that did nothing for his opinion of oh we need to you know handle this better. He's still going along with these rallies where people are not social distance. I don't look at the rallies, but I see pictures and all that, and I don't really see too many people with masks on. And I mean, they're signing these documentation. I think like liability waivers or whatever, so that if they get COVID at these they rallies, they can't the country. They can't, they can't. Or they can't sue him specifically. Him or whoever, you know, the admin and and all that. But he's not stupid. You know, obviously he knows that these are super spreaders. Like, these are all little uh, super spreaders in different areas. And I I think there was a recent report that came out that also said in in one of some of the most recent rallies he's had in different states, people have had COVID. People have come out with COVID. So, I mean... I don't know whether we're in a second, third wave. I have no idea. I heard somewhere somebody said we're in a third wave. I don't know. I know Europe yeah. is shut down. Like, they're shutting back down. So I think it's only a matter of time before we have to do the same thing. Yep. Regardless so, of who the president is. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's not going to matter. And I know right now the fear mongering is, oh, you know, Biden wins and my economy's going to go to shit because it's going to shut down the country and all that. Like, honestly, I don't, I, I don't care in, in terms of, like, just do what needs to be done so that people stop dying. That That's what I feel like, you know, is important. But I understand, you know, people have the fear, like their businesses are like specifically small businesses. They're going to go out of business because they're not able to, to maintain through a shutdown. And that's really where our government should step in to help. But that's a, that's a whole other subject there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into all that because it's, it's a lot. But I mean, you know, right now it, it, it's not helpful. It's, anything that he's doing right now is not helpful. 
and and people just continuing to go about their lives like nothing's happened i mean it's it's irresponsible honestly at the very least just like wear a mask or stay six feet away from people i don't think that's that difficult like or just stay home and tomorrow's probably going to be crappy because a lot of people just want to be going out it's halloween and yeah that's I feel bad for the kids, but at the same time, again, kids are in school. They're also spreading the damn thing everywhere. It's a whole question, exactly. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the United States of America, oh, everybody. Dude, you know how much, like, <laughs> I, I feel like the world laughs at us every damn day. Like, we, we're a hot mouth. We are not leading in this whole thing at all when I would have, like, honestly, I think had we had a different administration in place, that we would be leading the world in, through this pandemic. That, that is what America is supposed to be. But we're not. And, and we're looking, you know, stupid. And, and, I mean, we've been looking stupid for the last four years. <laughs> um, different places I've traveled to, that's one of the things that I'm afraid people will ask me as soon as they realize I'm American. Like, oh, so that guy. And I'm just like, oh. Not a representation of all of us guys, you know. Uh, but I will say though, despite you know him being in in power and all that, like people from around the world still want to come live here. So that's something I guess about America still being some kind of superpower. Well, you know what? I don't know if we, I'd call it a superpower. I would say that America's always had really good press. <laughs> like, <laughs> Our PR firm has always pushed it to be this. Is, if, if you want to go anywhere in the world, if you want to live anywhere in the world, this is where you want to live. But I'm going to show you all the hurdles you have to get to to live here. Even if you're born here, mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee that you can stay in this motherfucker. No. So no, no, no. And, and that becomes that tends to become an issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I I hadn't looked at it that way, but yeah, that's very accurate. It's, it's definitely the PR spin. Think about it. It's been 200 years of that same PR spin, right? It's been <laughs> 200 years. Even four bad ones, yeah. is it going to be like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to go there. Uh-huh. Nah, we've, we've, done a, we've invested a lot of money in making sure that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave and all the cute sayings wow. that it yeah. is when a majority of Americans don't feel that way. Right. If I asked you about your heritage, you're not going to say you're American first. No. Most of us don't. Most of us live here. Don't automatically connect. Like you ask me, I'm going to say I'm black. I don't say I'm yeah. black American. I don't say I'm African American. Yeah. Like I don't go out of my way to make it like super known that I'm this like Americans, not my heritage. Yeah. It's not culture right because it's never it's never belonged to me anyway right though i was born here lived here both my parents are american yeah. it is what it is <laughs> but that's not everybody you know what i'm saying like it, yeah. that's people could be born here and we don't carry that on us the way certain people carry that as a badge yeah. of honor and they should be respected because they're american yeah I, no, I definitely wouldn't. I think I went, I may have gone through a stage in my life where I was like, I'm American. And, you know, my parents are from Honduras, but I'm American. Um, 
but but over time I got over that shit real quick. Uh, except for you know like there's there's certain countries where I will be like yes I'm American. There's other countries I'll be like nah I'm from Honduras because the way we're perceived in certain areas you know all that. Yeah. Got to be careful. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, I think that's that's a, a a dichotomy that like over the years I've had to kind of internalize because for me there was three cultures in my life. It was the American culture, it was the black culture because of where we grew up, and then it was the right. Hispanic culture. So when I was in school, it was a mixture of the of Hispanic and black culture. And then when I was at home, it was Hispanic culture. But then when I was alone, American culture, because I'd be watching like Saved by the Bell, PRL, you know, all these other white people stuff. And so <laughs> it, was, it was confusing for, you know, eventually it became confusing as who, who am I really? You know, I don't, I don't know because I want to say I'm American, but these people over here are telling me I need to go back to my country, but this is my country. So, you know, and then, and then by the same token, it's like, you have people in, in the black culture who don't want brown people to, to be looked at a particular way either. Like I've seen some videos where there's a lot of cautious and I still don't understand that we're all goddamn minorities. Like we're all treated like shit here. So it makes no sense for us to turn on each other. But that's just kind of been like my experience growing up. It's like, well, which, which one can I really like identify with? Where do I stand? Where, yeah. where, where do I stick my stake in? This is yeah. my identity. Where do I fit? And then, you know, obviously now in the recent years, we've also had like this explosion of like, well, I'm this or I'm that. Like with, even within the Hispanic community, like Latinx people instead of Latino or Latina. Like I still call myself, you know, from time to time a Latina, but I also call myself Hispanic. But I want to be respectful of other people and how they, you know, turn things Perceive and, like, the and, and identify. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, and then, you know, like it wasn't even that long ago, maybe just a few years ago that like I found out like black people prefer to be called black versus African-American. And, and that I, I was like, damn, okay, I had no idea. That also was a little confusing for me at first. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah, we'll see. And that's because the thing. I was confused. I was like, what? There are people who are actually from Africa. Right. Like say their, their family was from Nigeria and they came over here. Yeah. They're actual, truly African-Americans. Yeah. African <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't, I, I understand, like, I, I understand I've had to bubble in African-American most of my life anyway, or black, yeah. or they have African-American slash black. Right. Um, or they have, have Hispanic slash non-white or whatever. They yeah. have like a non-white portion for, for, yeah. for you guys sometimes. Um, yeah. so I, I always, there are people who, who, who will, you know, want to give, you know, those actual African, the Nigerians, the, yeah. the, the, Ethiopian. Hey, thank you. You know, Indian. like all the people <laughs> from other countries who, who are from Africa, like that's actually more, that actually, yeah. that word actually more identifies with who they are. Right. Um, black people in particular, we were so detached from our culture period we kind of most of black culture is built within the last like couple hundred years like our culture is very separate from our from our motherland home culture um so there that's why you yeah. may have depending on who you talk to you may have that that weird uh 
dichotomy. I hope that's the right word to use. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, and that's one thing about America. We're not all the same. Right. But I'm not, I'm not someone who's like, I'm not, I'm not saying I would go and live somewhere else. Now, <laughs> after a, a question I have to ask you a little later, I may say something <laughs> different. But, yeah. But, like, I'm not saying I love my, I love my city. I love right. the people I'm around. I love the people I grew up with. Right. I love how I got to this point. Like everything that's happened to me influenced me to be who I am to this point. Right. Um, and I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm running to go somewhere else, but who knows? I mean, <laughs> uh, civil war could start 2021. We don't know. It's uh, a possibility. So let me ask you this. Amy Coney Barrett was officially appointed to the Supreme Court. Confirmed. As our, confirmed, as our political guru and probably <laughs> someone who follows us way more than I or Frank. <laughs> what, is, what does her appointment mean for people who look like you and me? So there really isn't much as far as like a judicial record for her. She was appointed in 2017 by Donald Trump actually to an appellate court. I think circuit seven, based out of Illinois, something like that. So technically really only has about three years worth of, of judicial background. And um, I mean, her conservative views, I think would affect people like you and me in ways that most conservative views affect us, which is they're just more to one side of things. They prefer a certain sort, you know, sort of how certain people look and how certain people are like, She's a, a religious person. That's something that has been publicly documented. Um, so she has very staunch conservative views on like uh, pro-life, all that. Um, she was also publicly against like the ACA, which a lot of minorities are, I mean, they have Obamacare. They, they are grateful for Obamacare and utilize it as much as they can. And so also, I just want to point out a lot of white people are on Obamacare too. <laughs> they, they, and, and it's amazing that they don't, they'll vote through something that's still going to negatively affect them mm-hmm. for, you know, I don't think they have a culture, but for the culture, uh, for they the country, I, let me rephrase. Yeah. They do it for the country. They will vote for something that will yeah. negatively affect them. And, and it, it boggles my mind, but go ahead, continue. So, <laughs> Yeah, she she's a, a conservative person. She, I think, clerked for Antonin Scalia, a late justice who was very much a conservative, like super right-leaning. So her ideology aligns with him. She views things in um, the originalist mentality. Those are people that subscribe to the idea that the law should be looked at as the uh, back when the Constitution was first written. Um, and, and something I actually mentioned in, in one of my episodes in, in my podcast was that we're not living in those times. She's not living in those times. She wouldn't have even been able to be a judge had she been living in the times when the Constitution was written. But somehow she thinks this is what we need to be doing. Um, Say that again. Say that again as, as, as a woman. <laughs> in, as a woman on this podcast, in this podcast world. Say that one more time, because I want to make sure everybody hears what you just said. About the originalist uh, ideology? Yes, yes. So, yeah, she, she really believes that somehow, you know, we need to view the laws based on how the Constitution was originally written. But 
if we were to do that, her her being a woman, she would have never even been allowed to be a judge. We weren't allowed any kind of rights as women back in those days. Even though she's a white woman, she wouldn't have had anything she has right now back in those times. Um, so so that ideology is obviously for me is flawed. But um, but because of that, because she subscribes to all that then what that would mean for people like you and me is that we don't have rights because we didn't have rights during those times. Like the constitution was not written for people like us. So for her to really, you know, align herself with that ideology, then it's not going to be anything that could benefit us in any kind of real way. And I've had some people tell me like, well, you know, we can't be like doing these hypotheticals and being afraid because the hypotheticals of what she might do or not do. But the reality is, a week after the election, the ACA is going to be coming in front of the Supreme Court because the Trump administration, it even kills me to say his name sometimes, but the Trump administration. Um, we usually say case. 45. You <laughs> notice, we usually say 45 yeah. on this podcast. We honestly, it's only when we're on a roll, it's only when we're on a roll that we may let his name slip. But yeah. I guarantee you, I, I, here's the declaration, guys. If he loses and and transition happens nicely, <laughs> the day the transition happens nicely, and, and if and when Joe Biden is inaugurated, believe me, that name will be going into the box with he who shall not be named. <laughs> The other he who shall not be named, and that movie that Frank won't stop fucking talking about. <laughs> that movie. Believe Sorry. Go ahead, continue. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like that—that's a case that's gonna happen literally in a few days, and and she'll be on on the bench deciding whether you know it, it is uh, the ACA constitutional or not. Um, and so if she sides with the conservatives, I mean, it'll be undone. And, and, then, and then what happens to the millions of Americans who are on Obamacare that are of every race? Um, so I think really that, that's the, the most uh, distressing part because it's not a hypothetical. It's literally happening in a few days. And from some of the research I was doing as far as for women, there's 17 cases right now that are making their rounds through the judicial system that are pretty close to possibly, you know, being heard by the Supreme Court that involves abortion rights, women, women's health. And so her views, because they're conservative, because they're religion, very much pro-life, basically there's a fear of her helping overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, and, and that could be also a, a negative uh, effect for millions of women who um, are protected under that law. But yeah, she's as far as as far as all that. I mean, specifically anything related to to the ACA and all that. Like, there has been calls for her to recuse herself on some of these cases, specifically anything involving forty five, because of the fact that he appointed her, and because of the fact that he was very adamant that he would only appoint judges that essentially aligned with his ideology. So, right, she hasn't said whether she'll recuse herself. However, there was a current case just this week, I think from Philadelphia, where she did not take, um, she didn't take a, a vote or she didn't do anything uh, in terms of some kind of a election uh, situation in Philadelphia. She was specifically asked by 
um, some firm or, or whatever, some political people in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania to recuse herself. She didn't exactly recuse herself, but she didn't participate. So that's still good. And I think it became favorable for uh, Pennsylvania. But anyway, like I said, it, this is on, it's not hypothetical. It's happening already. She's there. She's conservative. We have a conservative majority, a 6-3 conservative majority right now in the, in the Supreme Court. I think that's the biggest, that's the thing that people, not that it's going over people's heads, but I don't think people understand how the Supreme Court is supposed to be. Right. Like the way it was formulated, uh, it's at least in in current times, Mm -hmm. you had four conservative, you had four liberal, and you had a person who would be kind of down the middle, yeah. be the, the deciding vote, whichever way, if there was, you know, something that was that politically driven. Um, not only do we not have the person in the middle now, because mm-hmm. not only is there now five, four, which is already a majority as it, as it was. Yeah. It's now six, three. Right. But that doesn't reflect the Supreme Court should in just my logical thought process should reflect <laughs> what the country looks like. Right. And the country is not six, three conservative. No. Not when the popular vote of the last presidential election was <laughs> won by a liberal. So <laughs> it just, it's not reflective of what, like it should be. The right. law, of, the high law of the land should reflect the people. Because that's the whole point. We the people. It's, it's like <laughs> right. the thing. Um, and the people they were referring to were not you and me. No. Not me, Black. Not you, woman. You, Hispanic woman. Not you, Latinx woman. Or None of that. all the other labels. I don't, I don't want to leave anybody out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I think that's, that's really what's scary about the situation. I know Frank was like, me and him had a conversation and we stopped like mid, mid conversation. <laughs> We're like, oh, we got to talk to Delmi about this. And that's why. So like, we literally kept it off of the, we cut it off the last podcast <laughs> to, to have this conversation with you specifically about Aww, Roe v. Wade. <laughs> oh, man, specifically yeah. about Roe v. Wade yeah. and how, how much of a, it's in jeopardy to be overturned now. Right because of this appointment yeah well again it's like you said it's you know six three definitely not reflective of the country um the country actually for the first time i think in the last few years for the first time it's become 61 percent of the american population you know support women's rights as far as abortion um that that's huge because even when roe v wade became law it wasn't that way um you know, we had, we still had a conservative nation then. Um, so the fact that now, you know, we're leaning towards 60 uh, something percent of people who are for it, I think it's important. And again, should be reflected in our highest court. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's not the case. So with her, with uh, Justice Barrett um, on the bench, it, it can definitely jeopardize that particular law because she doesn't see it as a super precedent, um, meaning a law that cannot be overturned. So um, with these different cases that may possibly be heard by the Supreme Court, um, a, a lot of them are just basically, in, in essence, trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned, trying to make it more difficult to have 
safe abortions because even if they overturn Roe v. Wade, that's not going to stop abortions. What it's going to do is it's going to stop safe abortions. Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. gives those kind of protections for women to be able to do this safely. Um, so I completely understand if a person wants to be polite, you know, I, I, I don't care if you're polite. I, I, like I mentioned earlier, I respect people's opinions. What I care about is you being in my business as a woman, because what I'm doing with my body is not your business. And that's really the mentality that I think that should be full stop. Why do you, a person who's not living in, in my shoes, caring about what I'm doing with my body? So that whole aspect of the possibility of this being overturned, I mean, he is anti-abortion. He's, he's pro-life, you know. Um, and, and the different states, even though we have Roe Wade in place right now, um, there's different states who are still trying to restrict it. They, they can't ban it, but they're trying to restrict it. I think in Texas, just a few years ago, they tried to shut down a ton of clinics by implementing certain rules where doctors had to have, like, admitting privileges and things like that. Um, they tried to make it difficult because they had to have certain standards in, in these clinics and, and, and just making it where the resources were so expensive to even obtain and all that where people would have to like go hundreds of miles to be able to viably get like a safe abortion. Um, so it, it's frustrating knowing that someone like that is on the court just because, like I said, she doesn't have much judicial experience. And so her already being <laughs> much legal experience. Did you see the, did you see the little clip where it's like, I'm going to run you her quick resume. <laughs> yes, she has, two years in private practice she's never never tried a case never argued an appeal never argued before the supreme court right most of her private work was civil cases not criminal cases Uh of course um she had 15 years of teaching experience right and like you said i think right and like you said she hadn't been a judge for long she just was appointed a judge three years ago Mm -hmm by the president of the United States. Yeah, I, I, I don't attribute that word and, and that person in the same sense. Which is, but yeah. it's why I never say it all together. <laughs> right. Because um, it doesn't take, I understand that he sits in the seat. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily like to say his name next to said, said title. Right. Therefore, I don't usually say it. <laughs> but it is what it is because that's, that's where we are. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that is her, her extensive resume that, you know, Republicans during the Judiciary Committee hearing were so, like, just enthralled by her brilliance and how amazing she was and what a great justice she would be. Whatever. It was all, you know, just bullshit anyway. But she was always going to get confirmed. Like, I, I think I, I may have mentioned that before. She was always going to get confirmed because oh, yeah. the Senate, you know, majority is Republican and all that. But again, you know, going back to, to women's rights, abortion and all that. I mean, the other thing, you know, with with Roe is that it makes certain things more, uh, uh, like, easier for women health-wise. And, and right now, especially <laughs> certain southern states, um, don't care about women's health like that. They care about the fetus, but they don't care about the woman. And they don't care about what happens to that fetus once it comes out of the woman. (laughs) Which which is crazy to me. Where they're like, 
they care so much and they want to have all the rights to tell you what to do with the fetus or whatever cellular level this baby (laughs) is is inside of a woman they'll want to tell you everything for you to do and write laws of telling you what to do with that baby while it's inside of you right but how dare you push that baby out and now they're like yeah we wanted everything to do with them then and then we're like oh no 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 don't get on welfare don't get on this don't get on any no stay away you should be a better mother you should you should be like taking taking better care, you know, why aren't you doing more to not be on these entitlement programs? Um, we, we can't look after you. We can't look after your child. And the, the, the craziest thing is the majority of the people who are on the entitlement <laughs> programs, guys, listen, this is a secret. This is a secret. Listen, the majority of those people are actually white. Yeah. Yeah. A large majority of them but they love to push that it's the, the black woman or the Hispanic woman, Latinx mm-hmm. woman, Latina woman. <laughs> yeah. get all my boxing. Uh, <laughs> like they'll go out of their way to make sure that these are the people. And, and it's because your men aren't shit and they're all in jail because mm-hmm. they're criminals and this, this and that. That's the, that PR that America pushes. Yep. Oh yeah. They, yeah. No, I think that's the, that's the best way to, to really explain things. This is a whole PR machine here. Make, make everything look like so perfect. So the fact that these people are so staunchly pro-life tied into their religion and how God is, you know, this person or this all-powerful being and we need to be cognizant of God's creation, even if it's at the fetal stage and all that. But then, you know, we, we don't care about the children that are being separated from their parents at the border and put in cages, or the children that are being expulsed from this country and sent to another country that isn't their own all by themselves. That was a breaking news story from New York Times earlier today, by the way. And also the fact Run that... Run that back? Sorry. <laughs> New, New York Times just broke a story earlier today that um, the current administration is um, sending children, unaccompanied minors, uh, migrant minors, to Mexico, even though that's not their home country, their origin country. They're sending them wow. back there alone with no adult, no kind of relative, nothing. They're just sending them over to Mexico. And because Mexico doesn't have some kind of welfare in place for these children, there's not a lot of information to know what's happening with them. Um, so where's the pro-life people there, you know? Um, and then they were also nowhere to be found when the migrant women were being forced to have hysterectomies. Um, just a, a few, what, weeks ago? That story came out also. So I think that it's all just great bullshit. I don't give a damn whatsoever about what a pro-life person has to say to me. Unless you tell me that you care about these other things, I don't want to hear it. It makes absolutely no sense to me, and I refuse to listen to garbage. So, Amy Tony Barrett, to me, is one of those people. I don't care that she adopted two black children from Haiti. I think you adopted these children. Sure, okay, great, but you don't care about a black mother once they give birth to a child. You only care about the child when it's in the womb, and after that, they're on their own. So 
Right. It's the hypocritical thing <laughs> that these people do. So I cannot say, you know, she's going to in any way, shape or form be a fair judge should a case come before them that has to do with Roe v. Wade. And, and it's, it's unfortunate that this is where we are. What I do believe, though, is that at, at the very least, because of the fact that we've had so much like early voting going on right now, that maybe we're tilting in the right direction. Um, but, you know, we, we have to pay attention to um, who we have at the local level, because the states are the ones who are writing the laws to restrict abortion rights for women. That before it even gets to the Supreme Court, we're dealing in the states. So who we have representing us in the states matter. What judges we have in the states matter. What judges we have locally matters. You have to either vote down ballot or actually pay attention to who these people are and then do your research to see if they're going to be favorable or if they're going to, you know, just follow the same kind of line as these other people do. That's a hypocritical line. Um, but yeah, that just kind of <laughs> goes into uh, the, the other thing that I had mentioned to you about the importance of voting. So yeah, it, I think it's all tied together, honestly. But I, I'm not, I try to not be so critical of her, honestly. Um, but just knowing that we're literally like, these are lifetime appointments. This is going to be like this for a generation, a generation at least, at minimum, a generation or a generation and a half, because she's actually the youngest uh, justice appointment. So she could be there for, I don't know, 40 more years. And what are we going to do, you know? She can't be taken out unless I think she, they can impeach justices for certain reasons or whatever. But other than that, she's going to be there for possibly 40 more years. And this is what we're going to have to be dealing with. Last question. It's Wednesday morning. What does America look like if Donald Trump wins? And what does America look like if Joe Biden wins? I know that's I know that's a very complex question. <laughs> and I know it's a lot, but if you could give me the breast, like give me hit me with the the quick points of yeah. what America looks like Wednesday morning, Donald Trump has won. If that man wins, um, <laughs> it'll be more of the same. Uh, just more of the same, and uh, I think you know you'll have same as we did in 2016, the large protests and large marches, things like that. Um, and and really, I, I would say if at least we gain the Senate, maybe we can do something because then the House and the Senate would be democratic. Um, but other than that, it's just going to be more of the same, a lot more of the same, unfortunately, and, and just a dissolvement, a continued dissolvement of our democracy because he will not if we thought he was bad these past four years, him getting away with all of that and then being reelected? Oh, yeah. What's up? Okay. So it's Wednesday morning. Joe Biden has been elected and is now the president-elect Joe Biden. What does America look like? It's going to look like what... It's still going to look like shit because, you know, for, for what, two and a half months, we're still going to have bad guys uh, in office. So it's, it's still going to be shitty. But, you know, maybe we'll have a, a more hopeful outlook waiting for those two and a half months to come along. However, the closer, I think right, right then at that point, at least within those first few days, you'll have some of his people 
the what are they called the good the old boys whatever the hell they're called um that he told this proud back boys. in proud boys yeah then you'll have them like trying to incite things you'll have your other uh white supremacists and extremists trying to or as i like to call them domestic terrorists that is what they are uh creating a mm. lot of chaos and, and problems um because they're they're getting ready for some sort of civil war i mean this has been circulating for some time now there's just just with them even thinking there's a possibility of joe biden winning they're thinking of getting ready for some kind of a civil war so that might be something that can <laughs> start getting traction right then and there but then you hit the holidays and people don't give a damn about anything but the holidays it's not until we get back to the inauguration stage in january once he if joe biden wins is inaugurated then you'll have some more of of the issues that i mean it's going to be bad either way either way it's going to be bad just because it's way too toxic and too divisive in this country to have any kind of real peaceful transfer of power it's just not going to work and there's no way in the world that that guy is going to go peacefully he's already said it plenty of times and you know that's 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 my bigger fear is that <laughs> is that it it's not gonna happen peacefully. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it will. I honestly see November fourth as there'll be protests either way. Yeah. Um For some sure. will be peaceful, some will be <laughs> armed. Um I think here's the difference between this election and the election four years ago for me after everything that went on in 2016 when i tell you i was exhausted <laughs> by the end of 2016 election i was yeah. i I'll, i tell everybody that yeah. i was someone who who have always i've always watched i'm not a super fan of the news but i love to be informed i don't like yeah. someone to tell me what someone else said yeah right so i watch cnn msnbc fox news i watch all of them, I try my best to see all sides. Like I want to understand or at least see the way you're pushing it to other people who may believe the way you believe. I used to watch a lot of the news. So after 2016, I, when I tell you, I have not, I did not watch the news. I checked out of the political world as much as I could, (laughs) unless it was just something I absorbed through just conversation, like hearing other people talk. Yeah. I, I didn't watch the news for for two years. Like, I, yeah. I couldn't even tell you what channel MSNBC, like, I couldn't tell you what any of those <laughs> channels were. Yeah. So I, I, I look at how I played that. And I didn't really get this going until we had started really limiting how many 30 people were standing on stage for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Um, as we started to narrow it down and people started to become front runners, that's when I said, I'd, I'd dive back in. Yeah. And the difference with this election is win or lose or whoever it is I voted for, because I have already voted. Okay. I'm sure you have already voted. Yeah. Regardless, I realize as a voter and as a citizen, I can't check out. Right. Whether it's Trump or Biden, I can't check out. Right. My vote does matter, but then I also have to hold my politicians' feet to the fire. You said you're going to do these things, and now, as a community, 
as all the citizens, we need to hold them to the promises they made. Yeah, for sure. If, if Biden walks in and he walks into the White House, all 48 pages of the lift every voice uh, <laughs> plan and the two pages, <laughs> the little one sheet of, of Trump's uh, the platinum plan, the bullet pointed plan, <laughs> everybody needs to be held to the fire. Right. I, I already know Trump's not going to do anything for us. Right. But Biden, who, who got back into this race based on how the minorities voted for him, we need to hold his feet to the fire. All that okay. stuff that he said, whether whether it's for black people, whether it's for immigration, whether it's for helping those kids who are, who, who all those 545 kids who no longer can find their parents. Right. And to put that in perspective again, that's eight school buses of kids uh-huh. who no longer can find their parents. Things need to be done about that. That is that is as un-American as it can be. Oh yeah, think of think about you know what we would be saying if this was happening in in Afghanistan, if this was happening in China. You know, like what what would we be saying about all that? Eight school buses of kids go missing in 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 Afghanistan. We're already talking about sending a deployment out there. Like we're sure. already talking to the UN, trying to figure out what needs to be done who which one of the countries is going to send some men in there yeah i think i today i tweeted uh un should sanction us or at the very least that we should go before the hague and there should be something done like this is my country i love my country i will never say that i don't love my country my country may not love me but i love my country say that again (laughs) say that one more time my country may not love me, but I love my country. And I stand there with you. At the end, of, at the end of the day, the the fact that this administration did what it did, and they should be held held accountable. And if that means that you know we have to be the bad guys, like in the UN, the UN has to sanction us the way that we sanction North Korea, the way that we sanction all these other countries. Then that's what should happen. If we need to go before a tribunal in The Hague, then we need to go before a tribunal in The Hague. And they have, they have to come to a decision as to what happens or what, what gets done. Like, I truly believe in democracy and how it's supposed to work. I, I've said in, in my podcast before, like, democracy is an active sport. It requires participation. You can't sit on the sidelines. That is how we got mm-hmm. to where we got to. And mm. so... I firmly believe whoever is in the Oval come November 3rd, January 21st, inauguration, whatever, they need to be held accountable. And, and everything that they've said needs to either happen or give me a reason why it's not happening. Um, and by that standard, Congress needs to be held accountable because Congress just continues to do nothing and gets paid for it. So, yeah, I, I definitely think people need to be held accountable for whatever, whatever they're saying. And, and we should be paying attention. We should be active in, in our democracy. Otherwise, we just, you know, continue to devolve. I mean, there's, there's a, a things I've read where, you know, people say we're heading into an autocracy or plutocracy or all this other stuff and kind of seems like it. Um, but hmm. anyway, I'm hoping for the best. Hoping for the best. <laughs> um, hoping for the best. I, yeah. 
I honestly, it, as I, I, I think that I think you said it. I think you said it well. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a sport. It's a, it's a sport that everyone must participate in. It's the only way any of us are going to win. There is yeah. no winning. Well, some people may feel like they're winning, but the country <laughs> isn't winning. Right. If we're all not participating. Yeah. So sure. as I always ask my co-hosts, <laughs> tell me, do you have anything else you want to bring to the table? No, I'm good. I'm just uh, trying to work on my anxiety here for the next few days. <laughs> Believe me, we're all there. <laughs> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, and the woman to the right of me can only be... <laughs> Delmi. All right. Delmi, do me a favor. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast and tell us how we can reach you. <laughs> uh, so The Simple Politics, that's the name of my podcast. I'm just simplifying politics and government, trying to keep things short and sweet and just give you basics on, on some of the things that maybe you don't want to look too much into, but you know, you should know. Again, democracy is a massive sport. I can be reached at, at The Simple Poly. Uh, my personal is at Delmi05, and that's really mostly where I am uh, when it comes to politics is on Twitter, so that's all I'm going to go with. Okay. Well, like you guys know, you can reach me and Frank at the Samurai Professionals Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on both Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with your comments, your questions, your topic suggestions, as Delmi has. And look, it got her to be on the show. <laughs> you can reach Frank on Twitter and Instagram at I Can Only Be Frank. It's always been an amazing name for me. <laughs> and you can reach me on both Instagram and Twitter at Marvin X Adams. This is where Frank normally says, This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals podcast. He would say peace. <laughs> I would say peace. But I'm going to say, this has been a great episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Thank you, Delmi, for coming on. Thank you guys um, for having me. I miss you, Frank. We miss you, Frank. <laughs> and on that note, peace. <laughs>